0: Joining me now is our show contributor, Jerry Mare Judson. I want to talk a little bit about uh, ketamine as a treatment for depression.
1: Mm -hmm. It's super interesting. I remember this sort of coming out. Oh, they've been looking at it since like the 90s in the States, but uh, I remember it coming out like when I was close to my last year of my psychology degree Mm -hmm. and I thought it was super interesting. So uh, I, I was excited to see it again in the news. I talked to Dr. Joseph Tam. He is a clinical associate professor in the UBC's Department of Psychiatry and he helped launch a ketamine intervention program at the UBC hospital and I asked him how he started up this program.
0: For most of us psychiatrists we've been aware that ketamine has potential when it comes to treatment of refractory depression for the last decade now. For many of us You know, we don't have access to it. And over the years, we hear about ketamine clinics starting up and such. So uh, really, during the pandemic, a group of us became interested to see whether there was something we can do about that situation within the the hospital system here in Vancouver. So at UBC, with the help of my colleagues, uh, we came up with an idea that we could develop a protocol that could be run safely.
1: In a four dummies kind of way, can you tell me what like what ketamine does and what that um neuroplastic response is in terms of when someone um takes it therapeutically uh in the short term anyway for their depression. Now, the story
0: goes to something like this. A lot of what we do in psychiatry, you know, honestly, we we don't know, right? The brain is the most complex device that we have. So, a lot of it appears to be magic, and a lot of it is you know, unanswered and poorly understood. And hopefully in time, science will iteratively find its way towards some clear answers for us. As for ketamine, the idea here is a little bit different than the, the typical antidepressant medication. Instead of having a medication that one takes every day to replenish serotonin or dopamine or noradrenaline, what ketamine does is that it blocks a neurotransmitter receptor called NMDA. It's a glutamate receptor. Glutamate is the brain's primary activating kind of neurotransmitter. The interesting thing about that is that downstream, what it does is actually activates the mind. So although it's an anesthetic for low doses, What happens is the person can feel a little bit more relaxed. And hopefully it is during that time when the mind is actually activated, perhaps a little bit more chaotic. And and during that period of time, hopefully the synapses can rewire themselves. This would be an opportunity for the person's mind to get outside of that stuck, depressed phase of thinking.
1: What would someone who is a good candidate say for using ketamine therapeutically like this? What what kind of patient is that? There are some clear
0: guidelines for our referral sources. The main thing is we want to capture individuals who have already tried a number of medications. So at least two good treatments with antidepressants, at least one with an adjunct medication. And if the person is considered by their clinician to be quite refractory quite difficult to treat and the patient is not likely to be at risk for the ketamine causing harm from a substance use point of view and also because ketamine can be activating we want to make sure that patients do not have an underlying psychotic disorder beyond that there are cardiovascular pulmonary you know, medical conditions so on the referral form there is a quite a detailed list of of criteria but those are the main ones that I would highlight on.
1: That's about as, I think, comprehensive as I expected that procedure to be. Is there other conditions that ketamine might be able to help with in a similar way? You know, the literature
0: does open up the, the possibility for ketamine to be useful for conditions such as post-traumatic stress disorder. That would be a big one. That the last one the doctor was talking mm-hmm. about would be huge with with PTSD especially
1: yes and that's kind of the subject actually was uh, when he was talking it was like the subject of many a TED talk that my professors would show to me mm-hmm. when I was in my senior level psych courses because it was kind of like especially in the Canadian maybe research zeitgeist was starting to to be to be pushed through it, it was even like as an inoculation against PTSD like preventatively it was super interesting really? stuff yeah inoculation so, yeah it was a, it was a whole it was wow. a little like a blip in the reason. And I was like, that's really interesting. So it's, uh, it's the whole field of, of psychedelics therapeutically is, is super interesting to me because, uh, I don't know. It's if you don't have to be put through the unpleasant effects of SSRIs, if they don't work for you, then like, I don't know, ketamine, I guess.
0: Well, with the psychedelics, there's been a lot of conversation about them yeah. in the last two years, uh, not just in the media, but in regards to uh, research and literature. Totally. There's a lot of
1: it. And talking about like, yeah, and I mean, not, I'm not a scientist, but like people who like take psychedelic mushrooms and it like helps their life vastly and good for them under the supervision of a medical professional.
0: Yeah. That yeah. It, no, it, we've done a few segments on it. Maybe we should go back to it, I think. But oh, yeah. I find that whole thing quite fascinating. You think that conversation
1: ended in the 60s of psychedelics. It's no, a whole no. different conversation. And now, now doctors and psychiatrists are having it. It's very cool. <laughs> that it is. Thank you, Jerry. <laughs> Thank you.